Hi, this is The Gathering Church in Windsor, Ontario, and I'm Pastor Garth Lino. Welcome to our podcast. First responders. Everyone here knows what a first responder is or who a first responder is. Men and women who give, lay down their lives daily for the sake of protecting others from harm and sickness. And as I got thinking about first responders in preparation for today, I wondered what the actual definition was. So I went to my good friend Wikipedia, and yes, he's very reliable, um, went to my good friend Wikipedia and I looked it up. And I just want to acknowledge, before I do that, I want to acknowledge that I know that there are many in this room that are first responders. And I just want to say how much we think of you and how thankful we are for the work that you do and how important you all are. So a first responder, according to Wikipedia, is a person with specialized training who is among the first to arrive and provide assistance at the scene of an emergency such as an accident, natural disaster, or terrorist attack. First responders typically include paramedics, emergency medical technicians, police officers, firefighters, rescuers, or other trained members of organizations connected with this type of work. So after reading that, and in preparation for today, I got thinking, is there any chance at all that maybe, just maybe, am I, in some spiritual sense, am I a first responder for the kingdom of God? And I believe the answer is yes. And so is every believer in Christ. I believe the Bible tells us that all who call ourselves Christians need to be like first responders, aiding and assisting God in a broken world to accomplish his glorious mission. As we close off the book of Acts today, we see that responding to God's call is our job. And the Apostle Paul is a great example for us. And what we're going to see in the next few minutes is when we respond faithfully to the mission of God in the world, the kingdom of God expands. When we respond faithfully to the mission of God in the world, the kingdom of God expands. All through the book of Acts, we've been talking about the mission of God. And this last chapter Acts 28 is no exception. Would you turn there with me? At the beginning of this chapter, Paul finds himself in Malta, a little island 50 miles south of Sicily, after the shipwreck, after the shipwreck that he experienced on his way to Rome. And after three months of being there, he eventually makes his way to Rome. So, When we respond faithfully to the mission of God in the world, the kingdom of God expands. That's what this passage is all about. However, no expansion can happen unless God first opens the door. God opens the door for the kingdom to be expanded. How? We see this in verse 17 of Acts 28. God 
brings Paul to Rome. Let's read together. Verse 17. After three days, he called together the local leaders of the Jews. And when they had gathered, he said to them, Brothers, though I had done nothing against our people or the customs of our fathers, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. When they had examined me, they wished to set me at liberty because there was no reason for the death penalty in my case. But because the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, though I had no charge to bring against my nation. For this reason, therefore, I have asked to see you and speak with you, since it is because of the hope of Israel that I am wearing this chain. God opens the door by bringing Paul to Rome, knowing that Rome is a major city. And the gospel, and if the gospel could be shared in Rome, then it had the potential to spread rapidly across the world. Sometimes I think we forget that the city or the area we live in is a great place to share the gospel. For wherever we are, that is the mission field. The mission field is Windsor. It is Essex. It is on vacation in Mexico or in Timbuktu. But even more specifically for us, the mission field is LaSalle Boulevard. The mission field is Richmond Street. It's Winslow Road. It's Campbell Avenue. It's Curry Avenue. It's Meadowbrook Lane. It's Jen Keller Court. It's the very place we live and wherever we go. God is opening doors on our streets, in our apartment buildings, and in our city. And it's amazing. And another way God opens the door for kingdom expansion, we see in verse 21 and 22. It says, And they said to him, We have received no letters from Judea about you, and none of the brothers coming here has reported or spoken any evil about you. But we desire to hear from you what your views are. For with regard to this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against Even before knowing Paul personally, the Jewish leaders in Rome were genuinely interested in knowing more about the Christian faith, or as they refer to it, as a sect. And I love that it says in the same verse, it says, but we desire to hear from you. Is that because Paul was some flashy dude or had the physique of a Greek god? No, it's because God was opening doors. God was opening the eyes and the ears of the Jewish leaders, creating an opportunity for gospel expansion. See, God has wired us all, and the Jewish leaders. He had wired them with eternity in their hearts. And through his prompting, through his prompting, the desires of the Jews were longing to hear what Paul had to say. God was opening that door. This passage gives me great assurance. Why? Because I don't have to be God. That's not my job. I'm not the one that has the power to save people. I'm not the one that has the power to regenerate people's hearts. I don't have to carry that weight, but I do. 
but I do get the joy and blessing of being part of God's story in people's lives, God's mission. And that only happens when God opens the door and when we faithfully respond to the mission of God in the world. And for us to respond faithfully to the mission of God in the world, when God opens the door, we need to communicate the truth. And in this passage, we see when God opens the door, Paul communicates the truth. Paul proclaims the truth in verse 23. When they, when they had appointed him for a day, they came to him at his lodging in great numbers from morning to evening. He expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. Paul is laying the truth before these people. And did you catch those words? It says, expounded, testifying, trying to convince them about Jesus. And I like how one commentator puts it. He explains how Jesus fulfills Israel's hopes for the kingdom of God. Paul appealed to both the law of Moses and from the prophets. And if he were to persuade the Jews that Jesus was the fulfillment of Israel's messianic and kingdom expectations, it was essential for him to connect Jesus to the Hebrew scriptures. Pastor Phil preached on this just a few weeks ago, how important it is for us to know our audience when proclaiming the truth, having the right approach so we can clearly explain the importance of Jesus to our world. Paul testified, shared, expounded, and taught the kingdom of God from morning and evening, it says, all the while trying to convince them about Jesus. And did we realize this, that Paul's on house arrest? Paul's on house arrest with a Roman soldier with him, guarding him 24-7. How many of us think we could do this? How many of us are doing this? Expounding, testifying, trying to convince people about Jesus in the middle of persecution? It's a little daunting, but yet it was Paul's desire to share the good news of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God to any and all that would hear him, no matter what. No matter what. So don't be intimidated. God will encourage us, embolden us, empower us, and be with us as we faithfully respond to the mission of God. And all we have to do in those cases is simply communicate the truth. So after Paul proclaims, expounds, testifies, and tries to convince people about Jesus, we see that some were convinced in verse 24, but still some disbelieved. So Paul, in trying to convince people of the truth, warns them with the truth. It says in verse 25, and, after, and disagreeing among themselves, they departed after Paul had made one statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers, through Isaiah the prophet, go to this people and say, you will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, 
and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. This passage is actually straight out of Isaiah 6, where the prophet Isaiah is warning his generation of the consequences to rejecting the gospel. Paul illustrate, Paul's illustrating here for us that a hundred years, more than a hundred years of people have been denying the truth. And isn't that the same in our day and age? People are denying the truth. They hear it every day, but they choose to ignore it, just like Israel. And even though these words are spoken so long ago, it's still so profitable to us. We can't afford to miss this. Ladies and gentlemen, generations are missing out on the salvation of Jesus. Why? I think Warren Wearsby helps us understand why. He says, it's one thing to listen and quite something else to hear. And there's a great difference between seeing and perceiving. Essentially, what Isaiah and now Paul is saying is, if you reject Jesus, you can hear, but you will never understand. You can see, but you will never perceive. Your heart is and will be hard. Your ears will be closed and your eyes will be shut, all because you don't want to turn to God and be healed of your sin. You might be in church today for the first time or the 500th time. I'm not sure. But this message still rings true. Without Jesus, we have no hope. We must be born again. For when we believe in Jesus, we begin to hear God's voice. And we start to see life the way God intended for us. And our hearts start to beat along with his. We need Jesus to be able to comprehend the truth in this world. Otherwise, we're just as blind and as deaf and as hard-hearted as the Jewish leaders and the people of Israel. This is why Paul says in verse 28, he says, Therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will listen. Just like today, some will be convinced Some will not. And we need to respond faithfully to the truth of God firstly by believing in his grace, in his life, death, burial, and resurrection. That means repenting of sin, coming to him. For when we respond faithfully to Jesus and believe in him, the kingdom of God expands. And as God opens the door, Paul not only proclaims and warns with the truth, we see in the last two, last two verses of Acts, Paul lives the truth. In verse 30 and 31, it says, He lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And in those two years, Paul wrote a few books. You might have heard of them. Philippians, Ephesians, 
Colossians, Philemon. He was ready and willing to respond faithfully to the mission of God, sharing Jesus in whatever way that looked like. And as God was opening doors in Paul's life, Paul communicates the truth by opening his own door, welcoming people into his house, being hospitable, bringing people into the fold of his life, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Paul's ministry should motivate us, should motivate us to live the truth, live out the gospel. And even if we're rejected, don't stop planting seeds. Keep going. Keep sowing those seeds, for there's a role for all of us to play in growing the kingdom. Remember, verse 24, some will be convinced. For when we respond faithfully to the mission of God, the kingdom of God expands. That's our job, to continue the work started by Paul, by going and making disciples and teaching them to obey all that Jesus commanded in the Great Commission and by being living testimonies of God's grace and sharing that with the world. Doesn't Paul say in Romans 12, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present yourselves as a living sacrifice? There is no greater mission you will ever embark on than the mission of God. Never. And we see how Paul faithfully responded to that mission. And 2,000 years later, we can too. Nothing has changed. And remember, before Paul took one step, just one step, God had to open that door. For when God opens the door, all we have to do is simply communicate the truth. Like Paul, proclaim the truth about Jesus. Testify to the work he's doing in your life. The work that he's done on the cross. And the work that he's doing in the lives of those around us. God brought people to Paul. And he's bringing people across your path every single day. Cashiers bank tellers, co-workers, teachers, students, moms, dads, brothers, and sisters. In the book of Mark, Jesus said, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. And in light of that, listen to this statistic. In 2011, according to immigration stats, Canada had a foreign-born population of approximately 7 million people and on average offered residency to over 200,000 immigrants and refugees a year over that decade. And to think how God is bringing Muslims and Hindus and atheists to Windsor and to our front door, to the gathering, and getting baptized. God is opening doors, people. Do we not see this? God is bringing the world to us, and all we have to do is respond faithfully and communicate the truth. So I guess the question I have for all of us today is, 
how are you responding? How are you responding to the mission of God? In what ways are we actively, intentionally, faithfully responding to the mission of God to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ? I want us to feel that this morning. That weight, that responsibility. But in a joyful response, knowing that when we do anything out of a heart to serve God, it's worth it. God is opening the door, and it's our job to communicate the truth. So what does that look like? You might be hearing, what does that look like? Well, I think that looks like inviting someone for coffee, a neighbor, fellow student, inviting them to Tim Hortons, getting to know them, taking part in a book club with a coworker or some people on your street, being a presence in their life, being on a hospital board or doing some civic administration and bringing a Christian worldview to the heart of our government. I think it also looks like joining a gym and getting into gospel conversations, sharing your life with people on the treadmill or on a yoga mat. Or maybe it's taking your kids to dance class or soccer practice and building into the lives of the parents and grandparents that are there every single week. And when God opens the doors in those areas, in the lives of the people we're trying to reach with the gospel, all we need to do is simply communicate the truth. Why? Because I believe the ordinary people of God, equipped with the word of God, empowered by the spirit of God, dedicated to the son of God, can accomplish the mission of God. And this is what we see in the book of Acts. And as we close off this series of being a church on fire, responding faithfully to God's kingdom, we want to see God's kingdom come here in Windsor as it is in heaven. So if that's what we're all about here, I'd invite you to stand. Let's stand and declare that statement one more time. Would you stand with me? Let's say this together. The ordinary people of God, equipped with the word of God, empowered by the spirit of God, dedicated to the son of God, can accomplish the mission of God. Let's pray together. Lord, Lord, help us to respond faithfully to the mission you've commanded your people to do. Lord, may you light a fire in our souls to go into all the world and to preach your gospel just like Paul. Lord, open doors for us to communicate the life-changing truth of Jesus wherever we go. And as we desire to see your kingdom come, 
and your will be done here in Windsor as it is in heaven. Lord, help us to respond to your mission. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.